Human Aquarium, 2006. Anonymous, tempered glass, salt water, and undetermined materials. This piece that you see before you is the single largest installation ever to be hosted here at the Godfrey Estate, measuring an impressive 92 feet long by 53 feet wide by 27 feet tall. For comparison, it occupies roughly the same floor space as an NBA regulation basketball court and stands nearly three times as tall as the regulation hoop height. The anonymous creator of the work gifted it to the Godfrey at the close of 2006, thanks to a deal brokered, apparently, by the estate sponsor. What a surprise it was for both the staff and the board of directors when the delivery team arrived unannounced, complete with a crane and full construction crew. The former was for lifting the piece in its entirety into its designated wing. The latter was for removing the skylight of said wing so that the crane crew could do their job. Fun fact, the Guinness Book of World Records has confirmed that the equipment used in this endeavor is the strongest ever built, having successfully lifted over 131,000 cubic feet of salt water. Mechanical engineers have since studied the crane in wonder and despair as it never before, nor has it accomplished since, a feat even remotely close to its work here with Human Aquarium. The installation period lasted several weeks, causing, as I'm sure you can imagine, quite a bit of disruption to the adjacent galleries and the general day-to-day -day business of the museum. But such things are to be expected when the sponsor is involved, and you surely will agree that the end result is truly spectacular. As you walk along the glass case, make sure not to pass too quickly by any single stretch of the installation. The murky waters, ever swirling in constant agitation, are prone to reveal new elements of this remarkable work. Sometimes flotsam and various pieces of debris, oddments such as mangled beach chairs, surfboards, rusted hubcaps, sheets of building insulation, and even a fully intact kitchen sink. Ask the gallery attendant for a human aquarium bingo card and see how many of the more commonly seen objects you can spot. And don't forget to journey into the catwalks, some have only been seen from the higher levels of the gallery. But far more often, it reveals to the patient observer the namesake of the piece. In all the years that Human Aquarium has been here, there has never been a definitive count of the number of people who exist within its impenetrable glass walls. The darkness of the water, opaque even under the brightest of searchlights and most intense scrutiny, has thwarted all efforts to achieve an accurate count, though estimates place it conservatively at several hundred. Some faces appear more frequently than others. Some are spotted only by the lucky viewer who passes by the right place on the right day at the right time. All ages are represented from the very old to the very young all sizes and shapes, and all drift within the glass enclosure, spinning with the eddies of an unseen and unknowable current, spinning round and round, eyes open, searching, bubbles of air forever escaping from their lips. How many of them do you see? Have some of them emerged from the gloom and now observe you as you observe them? with their wide, searching eyes as they float in the cold water? Or do they hover at the edge of visibility, in that liminal space where light fades and shadows grow? Where do they go, do you wonder, when they disappear from view?
no one knows what exists at the heart of the case, after all. What else might lurk in those unknowable depths? Look carefully. Do you see anything? Do you feel anything? A shudder running down your spine? A prickling on the back of your neck? As if someone or something waits for you, just out of sight. Curious about all the faces you didn't see during today's visit to the Human Aquarium? For a full documentation of all who've been glimpsed perpetually drifting in the salt water, look for the book Faces Behind the Glass, Portraits from the Human Aquarium, available for purchase at the Godfrey Gift Shop. A beautiful and haunting compilation of high-resolution color photographs, it's the most extensive presentation ever assembled of the people behind the foot-thick tempered glass that is all that stands between you and your fellow guests and a tidal wave of crushing proportions. Child with a Dove, 1901. Pablo Picasso, Oil on Canvas. This is one of Picasso's earlier pieces, painted at the start of his Blue Period. Yet even at the young age of 20, his skill is already apparent. The child of the title, in her white dress, stands in sharp relief against the background of muted blues and greens and browns, making the figure appear that much brighter for the darkness at her back. Please note that it is merely the common consensus that the figure's gender is female. It is not, in fact, known if the focus of this painting has been gendered correctly. Picasso himself chose not to label his muse with a gender, opting to title the piece Child with a Dove rather than Girl with a Dove. The wearing of a dress, or any other article of clothing for that matter, does not denote gender. But for simplicity's sake, the commonly accepted pronouns in relation to this work shall be used to discuss it. Look at the child's eyes. Look at how she stares straight out at you, the viewer, the observer, finding you wherever you stand, even from across the crowded gallery floor. They bore into you. They are two black holes, a matching set of abysses whose darkness stands vivid against the porcelain pallor of the child's face. And as is the nature of black holes, their gravity is inescapable drawing you into the depths of them, from whose born, to quote the bard, no traveler returns. What sights do you see in that void? What mysteries? What visions? What horrors? Or do you see nothing? Is it true emptiness that waits within them? Whole universes of nothingness waiting to swallow you whole? Wait. Stop. Stop moving towards it. Look away. You must look away. Just for a moment, resist the urge. Step away from the painting. Now! <sighs> That's it. Good. I know it is not easy. Well done. Take a deep breath. Now that you've broken out of her gravitational pull, consider the second subject of this painting, the dove in the child's hands. 
do you think that it, too, feels the inescapable pull of her eyes? Does its simpler nature save it from being devoured by that darkness? It appears calm. The child's grip on this bird appears gentle. Or is it gentle because she maintains a far more potent hold over the poor creature? Is that movement you see? You wouldn't be the first to spot it. A shifting of the light reflected in the dove's eyes. The slightest infinitesimal rustling of its tail feathers. The imperceptible turn of the head, as if to plead with you. Or to give warning. A warning to step back. A warning to turn away while you can. A warning to avoid the gaze even from across the crowded gallery floor of the child waiting in her portrait. Thank you for listening to the Godfrey Audio Guide. This episode was written, produced, and performed by Nicole Knudsen, with sound design and editing by James Ferrero. Enjoying your trip to the estate? To keep up with The Godfrey, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Godfrey Guide. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcasting app of choice. If you're interested in becoming a sustaining member of the show, make sure to visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thegodfreyaudioguide. In addition to our various membership tiers, you'll also find full episode transcripts for any who wish to read them. Until next time, friends, see you back at the museum.